0: Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to Inside Strategic Coach with Dan Sullivan. Today, I am really excited because we are going to jump into a topic that is incredibly timely. When we're recording this, it is during the COVID-19 health crisis with all of the extreme measures that are being taken to protect people. And what we're going to be talking about is the Scary Times Success Manual, and it didn't actually get started with this event. Dan, you'll talk about in a moment when it did get started. But I really want to share with people, Dan, your incredible direction, guidance, clarity, and confidence. It always inspires me, and I'm excited to have other people participate in this as well. And this is actually going to be the beginning of a series. So we're going to do an overview today and then do a deep dive on every single one of the incredible strategies that you come up with. So mm-hmm. Dan, this is a big and very relevant project right now. Thank you yep, right, well, for doing this.
1: Well, happy scary times to you too, Shannon. Well, you know, this is a big one. Just a little background. I was born two weeks before the Normandy invasion in 1944. And I can remember after the war, you know, my parents talking about this. And, uh, you know, that there were returning veterans who had been in the war. You know, there was rationing during the Second World War. And people had worked in war factories mm-hmm. during the war. So life changed. And then, you know, as I grew up during the 1950s, we had the uh, atomic bomb. We had to do atomic bomb Mm. drills, you know, in case there was a nuclear bombing. It was between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. We had the big polio scare for about three or four years. Right after high school, I worked at the FBI. And I had two years just a clerk, you know, I wasn't an agent or anything. But we went through the Cuban Missile Crisis and we went through the assassinations. I was about three blocks from the White House when President Kennedy was assassinated. So over the years, there's been, you know, political events, geopolitical events, there's been economic events, some health scares. 1957, Asian flu in the United States killed a hundred thousand people, oh. you know, so there's these events and then I'm an entrepreneur and I coach entrepreneurs. You know, scary times is kind of a continual thing with entrepreneurs because a lot in their lives changed. They've chosen to create their own structure. They've chosen to actually make two decisions that a lot of people don't make. The first decision that an entrepreneur makes is that they're going to take a hundred percent responsibility for their own income, so they're going to go out into the marketplace and create their own income by selling something, and we'll talk about that as one of our strategies. What happens when, you know, the marketplace shuts down or people aren't buying what you particularly want to sell, and that's scary. And the other thing is that you have to make a decision as an entrepreneur that you will not expect other people to create opportunity unless you first create value for them. I think that's really the emphasis of the scary times, that a lot of normal ways of creating value get taken away during this period of time. And you have to come up with new strategies for creating value for the people around you. So principally, Shannon who you and I talk to on a regular basis in our podcast series, are actually owners of businesses, and they have to give a lot of thought to their teams. They have to give a lot of thought to their families, customers, clients, and all sorts of other relationships in the marketplace, just relationship to their business. Mm -hmm. But I think the role of entrepreneurs gets bigger during a time like now because we're kind of used to, dealing with a level of uncertainty, a level of worry, and a level of anxiety to the point where we've developed all sorts of muscles, you know, especially personal thinking muscles, being able to think about your own thinking, but organizational muscles. We're able to focus our teams to shift gears and go off in new directions. So we're going to take advantage of all this experience that entrepreneurs around the world actually have and say, you know, this is a negative virus, but what maybe entrepreneurs, while things aren't normal, we can actually create a positive virus mm-hmm. to counteract the impact of the negative virus.
0: I love that. There's definitely room for an enormous amount of leadership right now, which is providing direction for a positive contribution rather than a negative reactive one. And tying into you know thinking about your thinking, one of your expressions that has always resonated, and I've got it tattooed on in the inside of my brain, is the problem is never the problem. The problem is not knowing how to think about the problem. Mm-hmm. And in yes. my mind, the scary time success manual is how to think about the problem when the circumstances are pretty first of all, dynamically changing moment by moment. You know, you and I are both recording this from home, which we haven't done before. So we're changing circumstances, but how can we stay focused on our vision, on value creation, to, you know, as you said, with the I love the two entrepreneurial decisions, those are two of my favorites, to first, you know, not to expect opportunity until we first created value. So Mm -hmm. that's actually what we're intending to do right now is to jump in and just again help you think about this kind of new set of circumstances Mm -hmm. that we're dealing with. So ready to jump in,
1: Dan? Yeah, and I should say the strategies that we're going to go through briefly today, we're going to touch on 10 of them. So I should say that we have a handout for you, PDF, or you can just have it as a link on your computer, Mm -hmm. and you can just go to the link that's featured with this podcast to actually download it for yourself. The big thing is that this got created in the two weeks after nine eleven in two thousand and one. So we have a lot of clients. Always had a lot of clients in the New York City area, but they got a, especially affected by the attack on the World Trade Center and you know the collapse of the Trade Center and then basically the interruption of the financial life of New York. So. I think it was within three weeks after the event, we went down and we had a big meeting at, I remember it was at the Four Seasons on uh, 57th Street. And we took them through the 10 strategies of the Scary Times Success Manual. And I remember it was a big hit and we had some uh, amazing stories. One in particular was a woman who owned a bakery in Greenwich Village, not too far north of the Wall Street and the World Trade Center. So when it happened, she suspended normal business and she just began making sandwiches. And she had messengers and couriers who, when they got a fresh batch of sandwiches, they ship them down to the site for the first responders, all the firemen and the police and everything else. And so for 24 hours, it might've gone longer than that. She just used all the you know, the resources of her bakery just to back up the first response team. And we had many, many stories like that of entrepreneurs in the New York area just jumping into action and saying, well, I can't create value in the normal way I do it, but I'm going to create value in a new way with the resources that I have. And, you know, entrepreneurs are good at responding organizationally and individually to New things. So this was a new thing that they actually responded to.
0: Perfect. Well, let's jump in, because I'm sure people are anxious to know what they actually are. So number one is probably my my favorite, which is forget about yourself, focus on others. So Dan, what does that look like? What does that mean? And how are our clients doing that?
1: Well, we get shocked. You know, I mean when something abrupt and unexpected happens, we get shocked. And the first instinct is to go into yourself, you know, because your thoughts are disturbed, you know, your normal way of thinking about things. So as individuals, we have a sense of normal. And when something big happens like the current virus, we've never had, for example, I can't remember a single incident growing up from the 1940s where the entire United States was kind of almost put on martial law, you know, the whole country. You've had like New York City, you know, during 9-11 and there's various parts, you know, when you have a national disaster or a weather disaster, like hurricane season Mm -hmm. and you'll have fires and you'll have blizzards and everything else, but to have everybody, literally everybody's under the same structure and process as we go through 9-11. So the big thing, and I always tell this, this works in normal times too, by the way, but it's harder for people to do it in scary times. And the reason is that you're kind of worried about yourself. You're kind of worried. And the thing to do, what will take care of you is actually not thinking about you, but actually taking all your experience and all your capabilities Mm -hmm. and getting out and with specific individuals actually say, How are things for you? You know, how are things working? Not to correct them, but just to have them actually be able to say what's actually going on, you know. And we have a structure in Strategic Coach, which we call DOS. There are three things that really motivate people and give them direction every day. They have dangers that are a normal part of their life that they have to think about and they want to eliminate their dangers. They have opportunities and they want to capture these, and they have strengths that they need to maximize. So, you know, for example, in the present situation, you're saying if you were feeling a lot better this time tomorrow, how would you like to feel tomorrow? Like, what would you like to be more clear about tomorrow? You can just move them ahead 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And people will say, you know, well, I'd like to have this handled, and I'd like to have this handled, and I'd like to have this handled, and there's information I don't have. So you can have a conversation, but it's not about you. The conversation is about the other person. Mm -hmm. And the other person is the only person who actually is the expert on this subject. So you just have them. And when someone asks us a question to actually examine our thoughts and examine our feelings, we become a incredibly more articulate than when we're just by ourselves, or you're just talking about normal conventional things every day. Suddenly, everybody has to get in the business now of creating a new future, and they have to start with themselves. What kind of future do you want to have for the rest of the day, over the next week, and how do you want to be useful to people that are actually in your life? So, there's a muscle that's really required here, and it goes against kind of what people's instinctive action really is. And they're being impacted by other people's fear. And there's gotta be a reversal of this. You have to say, yeah, yeah. I kinda know how other people are feeling. I know other people are scared and that's a fact. Okay, we've got that fact. Now, how do I get useful when other people are scared? So I think that's the thing right here. And you just do it individual by individual? You know, it's how am I useful to humanity right now? Well, none of us knows humanity. We only know the actual people that we can actually have a real impact on.
0: Perfect. So it's like pick up the phone, set up a Zoom call, do whatever it is, but reach out to people. And it was great because I was doing a weekly planning call this week and Manny had done exactly that with all of his clients. And he had done exactly what you're talking about, Dan, reached out to people, you know, calmed the ones down who were a little panicky and just really connected with everyone. My financial advisor did that too, which was fantastic, also in the program. And it's just great to see how people are not just, you know, putting their head underneath the covers or in the sand, but really just reaching out to other people to be valuable. So yeah,
1: and it kind of goes along with, a piece of advice that i got when someone you know for example there's a death or there's a sickness or you know there's a personal tragedy or a personal accident that happens in people's lives the general tendency is if there's anything i can do for you just let me know so it's really interesting because you've placed the burden on the other person who's already in tough shape to actually come up with a reason how you can be useful to them And the advice that I got from someone, say, don't do that. What you should say, is there one thing I can do for you today that would be useful? And the person said, well, can you pick up my dry cleaning? Right. Because they can think of one thing that's bugging them. So go out and pick up their dry cleaning. And once that's finished, say, is there another thing I can do for you? And just keep it very specific and keep it very, very individual. And I think that this is especially true right now.
0: That's fantastic. So helping them figure out the next 24 hours, is there one thing that's that's perfect, Dan? That's very, very useful information. Mm -hmm. So let's jump to number two, which is definitely connected, which is forget about your commodity, focus on your relationships. And this is powerful because it's a switch from what sometimes you might normally be focused on.
1: Yeah, well, uh, commodity in the general sense of the word is what you sell. So everybody sells something, you know, we're all in the business of selling our skills, selling our time, selling our service. And that doesn't matter whether you're an entrepreneur. The vast majority of people have a job and an income. I've got a job and an income. And we do that by selling things and providing things to other people. Well, what happens during an event like this, quite frankly, I've never seen an event In 75 years, I really haven't seen an event. I haven't experienced an event. Mm -hmm. You know, I was in South Korea during the 60s in the army, and we were on full alert about five or six times where there was, you know, the threat that there would be an invasion from the north into South Korea. So everybody went on. So, you know, I've been not really on the battlefield, but I've been in conditions which could have been that. You know, I've had a whole series of personal upsets and disruptions and everything like that. But in seventy-five years, I got this is a big one. So if people are responding in a big way, they've got good reason. In my lifetime, this is the biggest event of the sort that I've had where there's this worldwide systems are kinda being thrown off balance, transportation system, financial system, you know, healthcare system is all being thrown off. So if you're feeling like this is a really big one, you're absolutely feeling the right thing. It is a big one, Mm -hmm. but it's also a big opportunity to be unusually useful when other people feel kind of paralyzed. You know, they feel really stuck, kind of paralyzed, not knowing what to do. So the commodity, you know, we sell coaching. I mean, if you want to know... We coach entrepreneurs and we've got thousands of them as our clients, but we're in a period right now for the next couple of months when the normal delivery system for us, which is workshops where people fly sometimes halfway around the world, mm-hmm. come to their workshops, they're not flying. What? So all of our workshops, and this is our business, this is shut down for a couple months, and I have to tell you, it kind of threw me because the decision was made by our leadership team. I create the program, and we have a whole leadership team that creates the company and keeps it going. And I thought about it for about 15 minutes. I said, okay, well, I'm going to have some freed up time then. What am I going to create? And actually, you and I doing this series is one of the things Mm -hmm. that I said, you know, we've never really gone deep into these strategies, and we can so the big thing is, my comments about this particular issue, if you're not a seller, then be a buyer. And what you want to be is a buyer of other people's experience. You want to go out and you want to give people a chance to really talk about their experiences. And I remember this wasn't a 9-11 incident. This was the 0809. 9 yeah. Financial markets went down you know, the biggest recession, really the biggest downturn since the Great Depression in the 1930s. So at the beginning of the quarter, and I coach about 500 entrepreneurs through a series of workshops, and I said, you know, how many of you are cash okay for the next quarter, next 90 days, your cash reserves are great, you're solid. So you could go a quarter without having any new sales. Mm -hmm. And I said, what I'd like you to do is to pick the 25 people who really, really represent your business future, you know, the 25 relationships. Most of them are customers and some of them are collaborators out in the marketplace. But anyone, you know, when you think about who do you want to see really come through this downturn in great shape, Mm -hmm. that you can help them do that. And I said, you can pick breakfast, you can pick lunch, you can pick dinner, but invite them just to go out and say, you know, I'd just like to have a chat with you and how you're looking at things right now, and do that, and do it hundred percent. In other words, during the hour, or the two hours, whatever amount of time that you actually devote to that, make it about them, and simply say, well, how are you looking at it right now, and. In coach, we have the DOS formula, the dangers, opportunities, and strengths. And I said, you know, just ask them, you know, a quarter from now, a year from now, what dangers do they have that need to be eliminated? What opportunities need to be captured and what strengths need to be maximized? Pay for it. The other thing is that you're the one who picks up the check. But the other thing is, see if you can go through an entire hour and a half where you don't talk about yourself at all. Okay. Not everybody did it, of course. Not everybody put up their hand. But I can remember dozens of people who took me up seriously. And without exception, they all said that they had their best quarter in actual sales than they ever had. And they discovered that people were paralyzed Mm. in the way they were looking at the world right now. They couldn't have bought anything but that the breakfast, lunch, and dinner actually freed them up to look long again. And so they said, you know, I'm going to do this anyway over the next year. Why don't we just get started right now? And all of them said, I actually had my best sales quarter I ever had, and I didn't sell anything. I said, well, you did sell something. You sold in the other person's mind that this is a person I can really depend upon. Mm -hmm. This is a person who isn't just trying to peddle something while conditions are bad. So it's very, very surprising that people's openness to your world depends upon your openness to their world. And you have to convince people, look, this isn't about me. I'm in great shape. Don't worry about me. But, you know, you're a valued relationship. And I want to see that you can come through this, you know, in great shape and anywhere I can help. I'd really like to do that help and demonstrate it by just listening.
0: I love that, Dan, because it's something that someone could pick up the phone like right now and make that phone call to book that breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Also, when someone's meeting with you and they're calm and they're confident and they're just concerned about you, it's a generous act to listen and to be so present for someone. So that's an incredible value creation step right there, which is actually what we're going to jump into next. So three is forget about the sale, focus on creating value, Mm -hmm. which is great because it actually ties totally into the dangers, opportunities, and strengths that you've just mentioned. So let's talk about, you know, forget about the sale, focus on creating value.
1: Yeah, and it goes back to the comment that you made earlier earlier, I didn't know you had this tattooed on the inside of your brain. <laughs> I do. But you said that the problem is not the problem. problem is that people don't know how to think about the problem, mm-hmm. okay? And by giving them full listening mm. while you're having the meal with them, they're able to think about their world in a completely different way. We are never more inventive and creative than when someone's asked us a question that only we have the answer to, and they're saying, you know, how are you looking at this right now? Well, you can't do that to yourself. It's very, very hard to do that to yourself. But someone coming along from the outside, disinterested, they're not asking you to buy anything. They're just asking you, actually, they're asking you to create a bigger future. I mean, they're challenging you. As, you know, negative as things look right now, is it possible for you to actually push your imagination outward into the future and say, you know, when this all gets handled, and this all gets settled, how are you going to be totally ready for what's coming next? What's that look like for you? This is for the person's entire life, Shannon. This isn't about the particular line of business that you're in. You know, just what are all the different 360 degree issues that they have to deal with? And only they know, you don't know, and you're getting them clear about things that in a business sense, don't really have that much to do with you. But you will probably find out more about the person during this particular set of circumstances than you would normally. People are busy. The question would be maybe a bit strange, you know, if it was just a normal day. But given the situation that we're in right now, well, that's a really good question right now. I mean, yeah, because we're all... Facing a different future after this. So a question like that is just perfectly appropriate.
0: Right. Yeah, I love it. So Dan, in terms of creating value, we talk or you talk about leadership, relationship and creativity. And I would love for you to define those because I think they're so incredibly relevant. I mean, they're always relevant. But now when people are feeling kind of that anxious, not knowing how to plan for tomorrow, state of mind, they're just incredibly useful.
1: Well, You know, during normal times, we have people who are called leaders, but in fact, they're managers. They're simply managing what is already present. They're managing things that are already well-known. They're making sure that the present structure and process is actually doing what it's supposed to do. But there's no surprises here. There's no surprises my distinction is that leadership lies in another realm and leadership is where new conditions have suddenly arisen where you really have to make up entirely new ways of approaching things not only for yourself but you have a very positive and very very encouraging impact on other people who say well this is how i'm looking at it so for example we've had scary times You know, it's been a tool that we've had for twenty years. But what's happened in the last four or five years, we've gotten very, very good at podcast medium. We've gotten very good at videos. And I was sitting there and I'm saying, gee, during this downturn, you know, this shutdown, however it affects people, whichever description is true there, I said, you know, I think it would be a great thing if Shannon and I just got together and we went deep on I mean, this has been distributed to millions of people. One corporation in particular in 9-11 distributed it to a million people just to get conversation going along the lines that we're talking about. So my sense is that, you know, when something changes, then you have to change. And the person who gets their personal act together fastest and then just goes back out and starts creating new direction and a new sense uh, morale—a new sense of momentum, a new sense of motivation. Out there is a leader, and it doesn't matter who it
0: is. I appreciate that your definition of leadership, and we've—we were talking about this in the workshop because I've read a lot about leadership, and you boil it down to providing direction when people are feeling confused. Mm-hmm. And I did such a simple, elegant description, and then just to go on, relationship is providing confidence when people are feeling isolated. Mm-hmm. And the fun thing, the way I describe it when I'm coaching, is when people are confused, they don't usually raise their hand and go, I'm confused. They don't broadcast that to the universe. No, they feel like they should have had it figured out. So that's partly where the isolation comes from. And now even at least with some of the measures that's taking place in our community, people are socially isolating, the very minimum social distancing. So there's a real physical aspect to that too. And I think that's a really critical point is reaching out and that's where the breakfast, lunch and dinner, the phone calls, the Zoom calls, to really connect with people so they don't feel isolated is absolutely vital and recognizing that even just having a simple conversation about their future, their dangers, their opportunity, and their strengths is in itself creating value, much less of how you can actually do that one thing that's useful for them.
1: The one thing that I've really been working on, and this hasn't shown up in book form or anything right now, is the difference between your brain and your mind. And your brain is kind of like factory equipment. You know, What kind of thinking capability were you born with? and in my case, I think it's good enough.
0: you got a good enough brain, Dan.
1: Yeah, I've got a good enough brain. But I don't think I'm any smarter at 75 than I was at 5. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I've got a lot more experience and I've used my brain for all sorts of different purposes. But mine seems to me to be a totally different category. And I believe that my mind is actually my ability to use my brain to connect with other people's brain. Right. Okay, so it's a social thing. And one of the big hits that happens when we have a challenge like the virus, people's social networks are suddenly stunned and startled and they're upset. And their brain can't deal with it because they've lost contact with other people's brains. So what I want to do right off the bat is not only reestablish all the connections I have with other people's brain. But I want to extend it even further that they start doing that with all the brains that they have. And they send messages that, you know, things are good. This is a real opportunity to do new things. There's a lot of different ways of looking at this that you can restore your own confidence. And then you can help other people restore your confidence. First of all, because I've got the time to do it. You know, there's the time and opportunity. We have the capabilities. We have the skills. So let's just do this, and quite a part, let's just make our own days interesting during this period of time. You know, I'm having really interesting days. There are different kinds of days, but they're really interesting days, and I kind of take them one at a time. So I think that just sending a message out there that humans in history have certainly had more dire situations than most people are having today but the shock is a big shock we weren't expecting that this could happen in the 21st century
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: it's just happened and i think there's just a shock to it
0: right i think that's true too and dan you just reminded me of the last one so in terms of our definition of creating value it's leadership relationship and creativity Mm -hmm. and this is where creativity is providing capabilities where people are feeling powerless Mm -hmm. and i was thinking about jumping on with you today to do the podcast and I actually mentioned this to our leadership team, it's like, you know what, we already have the technology, we've already got the teamwork, we've already got the practice of being in the studio and doing umpteen hours of podcasts and book recordings. This is simply just 80 to 90% of what we're doing is completely familiar and in our bloodstream. And now we just have a different topic or a new approach that we're taking. And we get to expand our capabilities. I mean, I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, good. I finally get some time to do some more writing that I've been wanting to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an incredible focus right now. And we talk about creating intellectual property, creating intellectual capital, again, being a value. But again, you're going to know that what to create value about only if you're really listening and connecting in with Mm -hmm. your key relationships. So this whole thing ties together for me quite beautifully.
1: Yeah. You know, people who approach this in the spirit that we're talking about here are going to be incredibly more confident when the particular immediate challenges are over with. There will be an end to this. And people are already normalizing, I can see people. And one of the things is that they're turning their TVs off to the bad news channels. Mm -hmm. channels. (laughs) And I say, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's bad news, but it isn't any different than the bad news they were talking about last week, you know, and everything else. And you can do things, you know, within the time period of the next 24 hours, and you can do it when you are in proximity to people, you know, and Here in 2020, we have proximity globally through digital. linkage. so use them. Mm -hmm. I'm a big history buff, and there have been some terrible things that have happened in history, which, Mm -hmm. you know, were much more life-threatening and, in many cases, Mm life-taking. And so we've had this, and it's just the surprise and the shock of it, you know, that we're not used to that. We live in a very safe, secure world for the most part.
0: We really do. Yeah. And I'm just reflecting, it's like, actually, you may not be able to go out to restaurants with people right now. So Mm -hmm. it probably will be by phone and by those technological capabilities that we now have. So definitely time to up our capability. And
1: restaurant owners have to, you know, they can make food, you know, they have all sorts of skills, they have all sorts of things that they can do, which when they think about their experience and everything, they can't do it in the way that's normal, but they can do it in other ways.
0: Yeah, my favorite restaurant on the top of our streets doing takeout now, which is as of today, which mm-hmm. is, is really cool, so you and I both frequent there quite a bit. Now, number 4 I think is really timely, Dan, and that is to forget about your losses and to focus on your opportunities. Mm-hmm. This is a big one. You're talking about like changing that perspective and having to adapt rapidly and and there is sometimes a sense of loss of like, oh, I've got a bunch of trips I'm not going on now. And, you know, some fun adventures that I was looking forward to or conversations I was looking on having. So people are experiencing a sense of loss, which I think is, you know, appropriate, but don't stay stuck there. Don't hang on too long. Instead, focus on your opportunities.
1: Yeah, well, things that are lost are lost. And that's The speed, I mean, you know, your nerves may be raw about it, but we had big trips. We had a European trip. We had a New York trip. Business and personal, it's been delayed and put off to a later time. And there's cash flow loss. I mean, we're basically taking a hit for three months cash flow. But this has happened to me before in my life, and I've suffered badly And I have thought, well, learn from your past experiences and do it. So the big thing that I always say when you're feeling a sense of loss, we have a very powerful thinking exercise in Strategic Coach that's called the Experience Transformer. I was thinking about it just in terms of the cash flow loss that will be going on for certainly for the foreseeable quarter, you know, three months that we're in. And I said, well, is there anything about the way you were getting cash flow that you were going to be changing anyway sometime in the future or you're improving sometime in the future? And you could actually, in your mind, you can actually improve that right now and start getting ready for a new way of doing cash flow in the future. And you wouldn't normally have the opportunity to do that because you'd be busy, but you've been given an enormous resource of time right now. And quite frankly, I think that probably a good deal of the world that's off work over a certain period of time, maybe it's weeks, saying, you know, I can kind of tell walking on the streets they were badly in need of free time anyway. I'm not trying to make light of this, but everything else, there's an exhausted quality that has become more and more so as digital communication has taken over the business You know, the workplace and everything else that people are being asked to be constantly on duty, even when they're not at work, they're being asked to be at duty. And that's all, you know, you get a chance. So, what I do is I sit down, yeah, things are going to be uncomfortable because of the cash flow situation. But what's positive, uniquely positive about the situation that we're doing? You and I would not be doing this series of podcasts under normal circumstances. And yet we know from history, every time we have sent the Scary Times success manual out, there's been a powerful response. We're already getting questions about it right now. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be having a conversation over the next two to three months with people who are reading what? the Scary Times Success Manual says, they're listening to our conversation, say, well, I've got a question for Shannon, I've got a question for Dan, and we're entering into a totally new conversation that we would never have if this had not happened. And who knows what opportunities and success. A client that I haven't heard for 12 years, yesterday asked if he could send the Success Manual out to 100,000 people. In my mind, I said, yeah, you can send this out, But we can send these podcasts out to a hundred thousand people so you know yeah loss what it is is change you've changed Mm -hmm. and the situation you had was completely full and this one is half full or it's empty so now you got an opportunity to create something brand new so that's that's kind of my approach and people say well you know, that's kind of idealistic. And I said, well, is there an alternative to looking at it this way that makes me happier tonight when I go to bed than if I was just mourning over my losses for the day?
0: I love that. So yeah, the experience transformer is, you know, what about the situation is working? What's not working? Mm -hmm. Just being really matter of fact. What
1: improvements can I make as a result of this new awareness as this change? Okay, so what's what's some new things that we can actually do.
0: And Dan, I really appreciate you touching on, you know, the fact that people were getting pretty fatigued. And I'm noticing it's like, hmm, I'm needing more sleep. I'm actually having a chance to catch up. Free days, oh my gosh, so in our definition, if you're not familiar of our entrepreneurial time system, free days are 24 hours midnight to midnight during which you do absolutely no work-related activities, and the purpose there is rejuvenation. So people are going to have a chance to connect with their family. My daughter is ecstatic that I'm not on a plane. you know. So increase family time, increase time with loved ones, chance to do some creative thinking and writing and conversations that you might not have done before. Sleep big fan of sleep, reading, learning. We have an incredible opportunity here. And i talking about it as time is phenomenal. How can we make really great use of our time? And I like what you said, Dan, so that you're happy when you go to bed at night. You know, how am I going to make great use of your time so that you're happy when you go to sleep? It's just a great point.
1: Well, it's really, really interesting because in my lifetime, I'm not so much now, but I've been a big sports fan, especially by way of television. And, you know, I don't know what caused me to do this, but 20 months ago, I'm just at the 20-month mark right now, we had had a really beautiful July and August in Toronto, and Babs and I, for a six-week period, just didn't watch any television. And I came back at Labor Day, and I said, boy, I've never gone six weeks since I first saw television without watching television. And I said, I wonder how long I can keep this going. And I've kept it going now for 20 months. After I got through the first year, I just calculated on a weekly basis how much time previously was I actually spending watching television. And the total for the year was 700 hours I was watching television. I got that 700 hours back. And I said, well, what's been the impact of that? And I said, well, first of all, I'm probably getting about 45 minutes to an hour more sleep at night. Right. But the other thing is I'm noticing I'm on top of everything right now. I have deadlines. So I'm a big deadline guy. I'm a big project guy. And I've noticed, especially over the last three or four months, I said, you know, I'm just ahead of everything everything. And I feel relaxed. I'm reading a lot more. And reading has a totally different impact on your brain mm-hmm. from an informational standpoint. So the internet was really made for a person like me because you can download whole articles now. There are some great aggregators that actually bring together really some of the best articles that have been written in the last 24 hours and I read them. That's a big change. But the big thing that's fallen off is that I'm not watching sports. And I think the sports leagues, and this is not peculiar to any one sport, but the ones who have had to cancel the rest of the season or they've had to cancel events, if they think that people are just going to come back and start watching them like they did before,
0: right.
1: and it wasn't really exciting to people before, but it was a habit, Then you got to use this time away to make the product that you're creating. If you want to get them back, you got to make your event a lot more exciting, you know, the kind of the normal of your sport. And I think this is true for everybody. You can't come back to what you had when it stopped. You have to come back to an upgrade because people's habits have been interrupted. And the only thing that was keeping them steady and ready for you was their habits. It wasn't because. You had a superior product. So I would put all the emphasis, whatever we want to do after the shutdown, let's make it more exciting and stimulating and inviting afterwards.
0: Ooh, I love that. Yes. Okay. It's a great charge, great poke for our creativity on that. Thanks, Dan. Number five is forget about your difficulties. Focus on your progress, which we talk a lot, Dan, about progress, not perfection, So let's delve into that because I think people having a regular, preferably daily habit for focusing on progress is really, really critical when things are changing so quickly.
1: Over the years, I'm not a psychiatrist and I'm not a psychologist, but I've read a lot of insights from people who are in those fields. And more and more, they've come to the conclusion, and this is after 100 years of these being major official you know, bodies of knowledge, Mm -hmm. that the only thing that people transform to are goals of bigger and better in the future, and that they will transform themselves in the present to become a better person in the future. Mm -hmm. But you can't get them to transform themselves by going back into all their difficulties before the present. If you go back and look at the difficulties, they just have conversations about the difficulties and they never get out of it. And one of the things they found, for example, they have counseling groups, grief counseling groups and everything. And they've discovered, you know, over study where you had major events where there was death and injury and loss, Mm -hmm. that if they just got together and talked about their pain and about their suffering, they didn't really improve. Mm -hmm. But the people who said, okay, things have really changed and now I've got to work differently, I have to form new relationships. Maybe I have to move location actually made tremendously more progress because each of those requirements, since they were going through the change anyway, since they were going to have to go through the work of actually doing the new thing, they said to themselves, well, I might as well improve as a result of this. And it's very, very interesting because I'm in the gold business, but there's nothing that transforms a injured mind. There's nothing that transforms, you know, a sidetracked career more than just establishing some measurements about who you're going to be when this is over. That's bigger and better than what you were when you started. So this is a wonderful time for self-improvement.
0: Fantastic. And in terms of measuring progress, because self-improvement is one of those things that can never end, which I hope it doesn't. That's the day I probably beam up. But well, let's talk about the positive focus for a moment because that's such a powerful tool. It's part of our weekly planning call. It's part of my daily schedule as well. We've got an app for that called Winstreak. The positive focus is just so critical for keeping people out of that gap of perfectionism, which is one of the big traps that people can experience.
1: Yes, well, I have a rule, you know, because I'm um, kind of a boss in certain parts of my <laughs> daily life. I have a great partner, Bab Smith, who runs the company and the program of Strategic Coach, the actual workshops and the material. I'm kind of the head guy there. And I have a rule that whatever the reason where I'm having a meeting with anyone, whether it's just one person or it's a team, a whole team, that we start the meeting by saying what we're excited about. You know, what are you excited about? Before we started our Podcast today, we went through a positive focus and we'll do it afterwards. So, I always start and finish any meeting, you know, just one to one or one to many, where everybody has to say how they're feeling right now. And the reason is you don't know where they've come from before they were in the meeting and they just might have had a terrible setback or anything. And I've got to ensure that everybody's in the room for what we're meeting for. Uh that we're actually doing that. People who are long-term and strategic coach always do this with their teams. But most especially, they do it with their families. So Mm -hmm. at nighttime, and it really recommends that you have evening meal together. And everybody in the family, from the youngest to the oldest, gets together and said, these three things happened today that were really good. And they don't talk about what was bad for the day. And each person gets to... Talk about it. And then you say, well, what three things are you looking forward to tomorrow mm-hmm. that could be you know, exciting like the ones you had today or even more exciting? And children take to this very, very naturally. Children take it. And the reason is that everybody's getting their quote of bad news. Right. After a while, it doesn't provide any nourishment. I mean, mm-hmm. if it's just a warning and you're responding to it, but where the whole point is is to sell bad news. I don't think that's good for us. I really don't think. And I don't think it's good for the people doing it. I had a niece once who had sisters. She had two or three sisters. At nighttime, she would tell them scary stories. And they went right to sleep, but she couldn't sleep because she had scared herself with her own stories. I think the news media scares themselves with the scary stories that they tell. I feel sorry for the news media right now because... There's a competition of who can tell the worst story for the day, and I don't think it's good for you. I've noticed this since I've stopped watching television that the world seems to have improved a lot since I stopped watching television. Now, this is a crisis, yes, but yeah, we've had other crises before.
0: Yeah, the other part of it is when you do your positive focus, you track your wins, what you're excited about, what you're happy about, where you've made progress it's actually what you can control Mm -hmm. versus you cannot control what you see on the TV screen coming in or even some of the, you know, social media that you're checking. So I think really focusing on where you actually can impact and Mm -hmm. influence, which again, are your relationships, everything we've been talking about so far is far more powerful than just feeling like, You're being subjected to something it's I think absolutely critical to focus on where we're actually taking action being proactive reaching out connecting you know learning reading sleeping all the things we've been talking about that's a positive focus that's a reflection on things Mm -hmm. that you've done to move yourself ahead and that's what we have control over that's healthy as opposed to just taking on all the input from other people which Mm -hmm. unless you've got some pretty wicked filters you're gonna be impacted
1: yeah You know, first of all, that habit actually attracts positive people to you, so that more and more, the immediate layers of relationships you have going out into the world also share in this habit of looking at the positive to counter the random negativity that's coming. So anyway, I mean, it's your choice what you take in from the outside. And one little other added one with this strategy, Shannon, that I would say is what people notice when they've been really busy in one part of their life Uh and they can't be busy in that area anymore, that they discover there were all sorts of neglected areas of their life that they haven't got to. This is a great opportunity, and those will become just as meaningful a part of your life as what you got interrupted in doing. You know, The moment people get their time back... And they say, you know, I haven't really developed this part of my life before I did this. And I can do that for exercise would be a great one. Now you got a lot of time to exercise, you know. So, yeah, there's all sorts of immediate neglected areas of your life that kind of reappear when they know you've got time to actually give them your full attention and your full efforts.
0: So true. I love that. All right. So, so far, we have covered the first five strategies of the Scary Time Success Manual, and there are 10. So this is part one. Stay tuned for part two.